0: Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, friends, welcome back to another season of Basically Famous Podcast. We are super excited for another season of sharing stories of people who are doing amazing things. And the honor is truly mine to have Zoe on here with me today. Zoe and I met because she came to the Cattle Raisers Convention as a state FFA officer. And so we'll get to talk about that. But More importantly, Zoe is just a great person. She loves the Lord and is going to do great things. And so, Zoe, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so my name is Zoe Nolan. I'm currently about to be a sophomore here in College Station at Texas A&M University. I'm a double major in Ag Communications and Ag Economics. But I am a West Texas native. I am from Seminole, Texas. It's a town about 30 minutes from the New Mexico border, um, and it's primarily an oil and farming community. Um, so growing up, my dad, he raised peanuts and cotton. He was a farmer. and um, We also raised a little bit of cattle in New Mexico and in Seminole. And then my granddad had a flying service where he did crop dusting, So growing up, I was just surrounded by the agriculture industry. It was all I really ever knew. Um, Throughout middle school and high school, I really found a passion playing sports. And I thought that that was what I wanted to do after high school. However, whenever you tear not one, but both of your ACLs playing high school basketball, you realize that your plan is not necessarily God's plan. Um, And so that's when I really dove into the FFA, became super involved, and I just kind of started out as a district officer, then area officer. Um, and that's when I really had a really cool experience was my area officer year. I really fell back in love with the agriculture industry. Um, I met a ton of people who are still in my life today. Actually, after we film this, I have a bunch of people coming over for dinner and actually every single one of them um, I met at some point in the FFA, whether I was an area officer with them, one of my roommates I met in my seventh grade ad class. Um, And then, so when the time came to run for state office, it seemed like an obvious choice that I love the FFA, I love the agriculture industry, and I wanted another year of it. So I ran for Texas FFA state office, and I got it. And I actually just retired and wrapped up my year in July, Um, but it was one of the most fantastic years. Um, We had so many opportunities. I got to meet the most incredible people who just had a fire burning for the agriculture industry. Um, and through that it was just an amazing year and we finished it off with convention where my state officer team really wanted to bring back agriculture and faith to the center of our convention and that was a really cool thing but I'm excited to see what A&M has in store and the rest of my life and how I can continue to be an advocate and fight for the American farmer and rancher.
0: Well there's so much to unpack in just that but you know, what made you choose AgCom and AgEco? Like, what are you thinking you want to go with that? Those are two numbers in writing, two very different things.
1: Yes, so I'm not going to lie. When I first got to college, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Nobody was,
0: does. Nobody no. still knows what they want to do. It's okay.
1: I'm still figuring it out. We still don't have a for sure plan. Um, but I started out as AgCom and I loved it. I love the writing side of it. Um, But I kind of felt like, Maybe I wanted to go more like the policy route. I actually had a really cool experience with FFA this year, where we spent like a week at the Capitol. And I really realized I was really passionate about policy. And so that's kind of when I decided I wanted to do that. And so when I met with my advisor, she recommended that I switch to AggieCon. But I did really value that ag comm side of things and I was gonna graduate early anyways. And so I went ahead and decided to double major because I think there's value in both learning how to write, um, especially to advocate for agriculture, as well as learning like the business and policy side of things. And big picture, big plan, I would love to go to law school one day. Um, We have a couple of years before we decide on that, but that's kind of the dream. And then maybe work as like a policy analyst or doing something at one of the Capitol buildings.
0: Well, that is awesome. Um, And there's always a need for people like that in our industry. So we would be fortunate to have you do that with your life. The community and the industry as a whole would be. So that is awesome to hear You kind of talked about you got into agriculture because really you were born in it. You were raised in it. Um, My story, I was raised in agriculture. And when I went away from college, I kind of realized like, oh, my God, I really love this. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. Do you remember a time when you were like, agriculture is what I want to do with my life? Or has it always just felt like, you know, while you're walking hand in hand with the industry as you've grown up and you couldn't see yourself doing something different? I definitely
1: think that I grew up walking hand in hand with the agriculture industry, but I won't lie. I had that little rebellious phase where I was like, my dad did it, my granddad did it, my mom does it. I don't want anything to do with this. I want to be different. I wanted to be, I remember like my junior year of high school, I told my dad I was going to be like a theoretical physicist. um, And he just kind of laughed at me and he was like, okay, yeah. But I remember my aha moment. Um, was really talking to my dad. And when I asked him, like, why he farmed. Um, and he said, like, the really classic, like, you need a doctor, you need a lawyer, you need a policeman a few times a year, but you need a farmer three times each and every day. And that was definitely like a really eye opening moment that I realized that what my dad did was like super, super important. And every single person in this world depends on farmers and ranchers. And I always wanted to be someone who did something that meant something with my life. And um, I wasn't just, a dead weight. I wanted to do something beneficial for the people around me. Um, And I realized that agriculture was such an easy way to do that because it is so crucial to everyone around us um, that I realized that I can have an impact just by advocating for my dad and the people like him. And why not make a career out of it?
0: Well, You are a state officer in Texas FFA, for those not familiar. Kind of talk us through what that process looks like. You don't just wake up one day and decide you're going to do this. Um, I always say I feel like people, you know, you kind of be, you're planning. When you're a freshman in high school, you kind of get bit by the bug and you're like thinking next step. So tell our listeners really what the process looks like. Um, from district to area to state. And then talk a little bit about your year. Not only were you traveling, you came to events like Cattle Raisers Convention, you were a full time college student taking college classes. So talk a little bit about that dynamic as well.
1: Yes. So, if you don't know what FFA is, it's a student-led youth organization that focuses on agriculture and agriculture education. Um, So, I showed swine in high school and middle school and even before that, but... Um, Whenever I got to high school or eighth grade, actually, I had the opportunity to join the FFA. And I can just remember joining the FFA, not thinking it was that cool. But what really did it for me was I went to my very first state convention. And it was just amazing. And I can remember seeing the state officers on that stage and telling myself, I'm going to do that one day. But I was so unconfident in that that I went home and told my parents that and they said, well, tell your ag teacher, tell Mr. Orem, he can help you, like make sure that you do everything the way you should. And I was like, no, absolutely not. That's embarrassing because I could never do that. Um, and so it was always like a dream of mine. I actually told my best friend I live with her now um, that I wanted to be a state officer one day. And it was a really cool full circle moment because at state convention, we give retiring addresses where we have about six minutes to just leave a message with the members. And my best friend was one of the people who announced me for my RA. And she said that exact same thing that she remembered me coming home and talking about it. And now she gets to introduce me. Um, So it was super cool. But I just remember that I've when I first ran for district office, I was so scared. I didn't think I was going to make it, but I knew that if I was going to be a state officer one day, I had to. And luckily I was elected to district. And so when the spring came around the next year, I ran for area and area office. It was one of the most incredible experiences I could have ever had. Um, I got to meet and interact with area officers from all across the state. Um, And so then when the next spring came, I decided it was time for me to finally run for state office. It was a great opportunity, though, building up to that point because I got to network and meet people and learn about people from all different walks of life from all across Texas and it was truly an incredible experience. I think that area office is one of the highlights of my high school career, and I just look back on it so fondly. Then the time came for me to run for state office. And so in Fort Worth, that was where convention was, it was 2022, um, I went through a series of interviews and gave a speech in front of the delegation body. Um, And at the end of it, I was thankfully elected as the Area 2 State Vice President. And as soon as that happened, we were off to a full sprint. I mean, I can remember the day we were elected, we went back to the hotel, I think we had one day off where we went to the Fort Worth Stockyards and we did some community service. But then very next day at like 4 a.m., we got on an airplane and flew to D.C. And we just sprinted the rest of the year. I mean, we got to go all over the state. We traveled everywhere. Um, Going to D.C., we went to Indianapolis. um, And I was a full-time college student. And it was an absolutely crazy ride. There were were days that I just didn't think I was going to make it. Um, I can remember my first week of class for the second semester, I had to go in and tell my professors that I was going to miss the next two weeks of class, come back for a week and then miss another week. None of them were impressed. Um, But luckily being in the College of Ag, most professors understood what the FFA was and understood what my role was for that year. And so they were very, very um, apt to work with me. And had they not been, I don't think I would have made it. Um, it was definitely difficult at times, but overall, it was the most amazing experience. All of the opportunities and the relationships I was able to build was worth a little bit of stress at t- some points, Trying, wondering if I was going to get a paper in on time. <laughs> but it all worked out. And um, I think that challenges are blessings because it allows you an opportunity to grow and push yourself um, further than you necessarily thought you could. Um, So through my state office year, I really was able to see that I was capable of a lot more um, than I thought I was. And it really just gave me a foothold for the rest of my life, realizing that um, I have the opportunity to make an impact in every scenario and situation that I'm in, um, and my an opportunity to be a light and an advocate. And so, yeah, I just worked my way up throughout the FFA, stayed super involved, met a ton of incredible people along the way, and then wrapped up my FFA career with my year as a state officer, where I was able to have the most incredible experience engaging with stakeholders and sponsors, and representing all 170,000 of our members.
0: Well, you mentioned something that I just loved and you said challenges are blessings. And I think that's something we could all take away from this, no matter what stage of life you're in, you're always facing some challenge. And it sounds like this the last chapter of your life is like really gonna have prepared you well for every chapter following. Um, you learned really quickly at a young age how to balance a full plate And when to give and when to take and what that looks like. And so with that, I mean, what motivates you to get out of bed every day?
1: Yeah, so like I said earlier, I realized that every situation, every scenario is an opportunity to have an impact. Um, And what kind of impact you have is completely up to you. So my grandma, um, she's one of the most important people in my life. And we had a conversation about a week ago. Where, um, well, first of all, I told her she was never allowed to die. It just wasn't going to happen. Absolutely not. It just wasn't allowed. Um, And then she proceeded to tell me how fulfilled she was with her life. And when she looks back, she's happy with the life that she lived. And that was kind of like a, wow, if I died tomorrow, you never know how much time you have. Like, would I really be Happy? Would I be fulfilled with everything I did? And that just motivates me. I want every single moment that I'm living to be a moment that I'll look back on and not have any regrets about and know that I had an impact that was beneficial and positive, that I shined my light for everyone to see. Um, and that I just lived up to the fullest potential. And so every day I just see it as another opportunity to have an impact, to do good things in the world, and to be happy and joyful because you never know how much time you're going to get.
0: Well, you are, you radiate joy. You're such a joyful person. Your presence on social media is joyful. You bring light, you know, and with that, you have a huge faith. Um, And college is you know, I feel like a time when you can get so distracted from your faith if you're not leaning into it. So how are you intentional with making time for the Lord? Have you found a church community you love, a group of people? Like, what does that look like realistically? And I think this applies no matter what age you are. I When I moved until I found a church, was I like, okay, I could live here. You know, it took me finding community and people who could build me up to really feel like this place was a home.
1: Yes. So I think my faith is the number one most important thing to me. It's my number one passion. I'm super passionate about the agriculture industry, but that does come second to my faith. Um, And I think that this past year is probably the hardest year to stay rooted because not only was I a college student, but I had Texas FFA. Um, But one of the coolest things was while traveling the state, I never knew where I was going to be on a Sunday morning. So I got the opportunity to go to churches all over. Um, And that was just such a cool thing. It was so inspiring to see that no matter um, where I was on a Sunday morning, people were up and they were worshiping the Lord and practicing their faith. Um, But I always traveled with my Bible. Um, and funny enough, traveling with it all year did break the spine on it, but we have some duct tape on it, don't worry, it still works. Um, but I think i just prioritize it. I know that this life is fleeting, it moves fast, and it can be really, really easy to get wrapped up into your day-to-day activities and forget to pick up your Bible and read. Um, I also was able to find a church home here in College Station, and I'm super excited for this year, knowing that I will be here a majority of the Sundays, um, so that I can dive into that even more, because I think that your community, the people that surround you, you surround yourself with are so important. People say that you're combination of your five closest friends and i think that really is true so if you're surrounding yourself with faithful people who are encouraging you to pursue the lord and to shine your light and to be joyful in other people's presence you're going to be more apt to do that but it's really about prioritizing it knowing that it should be your number one and acting on that making sure that you're making the time even though everything seems crazy and for me i'm always glad when i do make the time because the peace i find when i'm practicing my faith um makes it makes it easier to deal with the day-to-day chaos in my crazy lifestyle. Um, Being a college student, it can definitely fall to the back burner, and I am guilty of that at times, Um, but it's just constantly reminding yourself and finding the time and then surrounding yourself with people who encourage that um, definitely makes it a lot easier that i found.
0: So speaking of community, how have you found community when you're on the road so much? Now you're a little more rooted, kind of going to build some roots you could say in College Station but you know in college how have you found you've been able to meet people or just like in your professional life networking how have you you know how do you approach finding friends or building connections?
1: Yes so like I said earlier um, my area officer. Area officer year um, was one of the best experiences of my life. I can confidently say that my best friends in college are area officers that I met um, my senior year of high school. And I never would have believed you if you told me that these kids that I met were actually going to be my best friends and my roommates. I live with one of them. in a college. But what's really cool is being in the College of Ag, it is a lot of past 4-H and FFA members. And so it's really cool that you got to know some of these kids in high school and maybe you didn't get to know them, but you got to know their friend who will introduce you. Um, And so networking in the College of Ag is super easy. Um, And I'm so blessed to say that. However, I will say there are some people you've never seen before. Walk. I walk up to them and have a conversation. Most people are also looking to make friends too. Um, and if they're really not, then they're probably not someone you need as a friend if they're not willing to take the time to talk to you. Um, but it's about, I will say, my biggest flaw when it comes to friendship, friendships is I like to have too many of them. Where I don't have enough time in the day to spend time with all of them and that absolutely kills me. Um, But I just love my friends. I find people who pour into my cup and I keep them around and pour into their cup. And I'm blessed to have an amazing community that I found through FFA. And then this past year, serving as a state officer was even cooler because I got to meet kids from all over, all different ages, um, who all have something so valuable that they bring to the table. I've been able to learn some of the coolest things from the most unexpected people. And it's really grown me and pushed me and challenged my perspective. And I just think it's about finding people, finding chances to connect with people, and then... Finding connections that last and really pouring into those people so that they can pour back into you and surrounding yourself with community. Because college, you need a community. And it's been a crazy adventure, but I've had the best people by my side through it all.
0: Well, my mom always said it takes a village. And I think when you get to college, you realize that. I will never forget the days when you have to like call your roommate and you're like, can you throw these clothes in the washer? I need them tomorrow. And I didn't realize it. And having people who can do things like that is so important. Even now down the road, I still cherish those friendships. So I love how you talked about the blessing of a great community. Uh, my last question for you, my standard question on the podcast is if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, something that's super, super important for me again is like having an impact and um, shining my light. I say that a lot. I think that we are all gifted and talented individuals who have something that they can share with the world to make it a better place. And so I always say to shine your light. But I also like when you challenge people, you make them think. Um a question's always good. So I think if I could put one thing on a billboard, it would be a question. And it's how are you shining your light? Um hopefully to question people and make them get their minds going and challenge them to shine their light in some way, and um, the people around them and in their industries and be an advocate, um, because all of those are ways that you can shine your light and just make the world a better place.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time to shine your light. This was amazing. You are so well-spoken, and I mean, you're 19 years old. People listening to this are going to be mind-blown. This was amazing. I took so much away from it, and I can't thank you enough for joining me.
1: Well, thank you. I had a great time, too. It was so good to talk.
0: Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.